Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church, an outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Somebody say, I'm a winner. I always triumph. I always win. Well, if that's true, you're not afraid to fight. Right? You're not afraid to engage the enemy. No, I didn't say get engaged with him. <laughs> some, people, some people get it that way, you know. You'd think, that, you'd think that that's what they're supposed to be doing, being engaged to the devil, you know, just by the way they live. You know, the Bible says don't love the world. If you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. And, of course, loving the world, you know, would be like being engaged to the devil because he's the ruler of this world, this world system, this present darkness. But no, 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 don't, 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 don't get engaged. I didn't say that. No, no, no. Engage him in battle. We're not afraid to fight. We're not afraid to engage him and go out and be the aggressors, be on the offense to fight the good fight of faith. And that's what God's been stirring in my heart for me to be minister on these last several uh, Wednesday evenings. And uh, we just need to get a hold of this. Get a hold of this faith fight. That it's not a defensive fight only. And there is time to be defensive. Don't get me wrong. We've got to defend ourselves. We've got to defend the fort, you know. But there's a time to just go out and be on the attack. And really, that's all the time. We should be just aggressive all the time. All the time. Just going after the enemy, pushing him back. Pushing him back. Not allowing him to be able to regroup to be able to assess his damages and to be able to put a plan together to come against us. And last time we talked a lot about the helper, the Holy Spirit, how he helps us through speaking in tongues. Because, you know, we don't know a lot of the things that need to be prayed about. But the Spirit of God, he helps us in that weakness of ours. He helps us to pray as we pray in tongues. So we can undo a lot of the works of the devil. And that's what Jesus came to do. The Bible says that he came to destroy the works of the devil. Yes. To destroy the works of the devil. Well, we're to continue in his footsteps. Amen. Just continue destroying his works. Yes. Too many people ignore, you know, too many Christians ignore the devil. Well, like he's not even really there. He's there. The Bible says we're not to be ignorant of his devices. We need to be very much aware that there are demon spirits that are fighting against us, that are at war against us. We need to be aware of that, and we need to be wise soldiers. Wise soldiers going out and engaging the enemy, being the aggressors, going after him, and uh, being preemptive. Being preemptive. By being preemptive, we can prevent many attacks that the devil would try to put together in our life. You know, he tried to come against us in many different ways. Like we saw in the Word in Ephesians, he's a schemer. He's a planner. The devil is a planner. He's got a little planner, a daytimer. And he's got, he's got your name in there, and he's, he's planning. He's plotting. But that shouldn't, that shouldn't unnerve you or concern you because you're planning. You're planning by praying. Your praying is planning and attacking, attacking the enemy. So, like we were just, just singing in that song. Our melody is what? It's a weapon. It's a weapon. 
We got weapons, man. Our shout is a weapon. I mean, you know, you know the story of Jericho. I mean, with a shout, I mean, they, they took out that entire city. The walls came down. The enemy was just left exposed. And the Israelites just went in and just took over the place. See? So, you know, we, we have all these weapons at our disposal. The Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God. In fact, why don't we just look at that real quick over in Corinthians. The weapons of our warfare. See, we have weapons and there is a warfare. You know, the Bible says a lot about this. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, in other words, we live in these physical bodies. We live in a fleshy world. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Now, we do war. We do war, but not according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, or like my margin says, of the flesh. Our weapons are not of the flesh, but mighty in God. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I got mighty weapons. In God. That's right. So... Uh, we just see here again that we are at a war, but we don't war according to the flesh. We have weapons, and they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments. You know the devil likes to get arguments going? Because through arguments, he could just tear relationships apart, tear families apart, and, so- and thus tear society apart. Just by getting people arguing, getting people over into strife. But thank God we have weapons to cast it down. We can take those things down. When we see strife coming, see, we should be able to see it. We should be able to pick it off afar off. We should be able to see it afar off and be able to take it out. Not just walk right into it, you know. The Bible says, a wise man foresees trouble and hides himself. He foresees it before it even happens. He can, he can see it coming. And he hides himself. But the Bible says the foolish man, he just walks right into it. He just walks right into it because he's a foolish person. We're not to be fools. We're to be wise in God and have discernment and be able to recognize when something's going the wrong way and be able to either get out of the way or begin to dismantle it, begin to disarm it before it becomes armed and dangerous and it begins to overthrow people's lives. We need to be able to shut things down. If we're using these mighty weapons, we'd never find ourselves the victim of an argument or a victim in an argument. We'd never find ourselves victimized by an argument. We'd get the victory. We'd get the victory. In these things, because we have weapons to overthrow it, to overcome it. See, too many times people they get blasted. <laughs> you know, they're wounded. People are hurt. All kind of damage is done, and then, you know, they got to rebuild. And thank God, folks can rebuild. Thank God for reconstruction and restoration. And God's a God of redemption and restoration and healing. Right? Thank God for that. We have faith in that. 
But wouldn't it be better to just stop it before it even happened? Wouldn't it be better to just, to just be able to release weapons of love, weapons of joy, weapons of peace? Because all, all, the, all, the, all the enemy's weapons are rooted in fear. But perfect love, love casts out fear. And just, thus just, just kills it, just kills all the weapons of the enemy. Thank God for the love of God. It's been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So we can cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Of course, you've got to have the knowledge of God before you can cast down things that exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. Right? So see, we fill ourselves up with the knowledge of God. We've got these mighty weapons that are in God. And then anything that starts exalting itself above the word of God, perhaps even in your own soul, in your own mind, in your own mouth, you begin to exalt yourself. You exalt your opinion above the word of God. You exalt your feelings above what God says. These things try to exalt themselves. Thank God you can take it down. Take it down. Praise God. Don't wait for the thing to just turn into a monster or you turn into a monster. No, no, no. Take the thing down before you make big mistakes, before you cause more problems for yourself. Oh, we can avoid so many problems if we use our weapons that are mighty in God. So we cast down these things, every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You recognize that's not a God thought. Get out of here. That's not a God thought. And remember, these thoughts that are spoken out become seeds of whatever that thought is. They become seeds, and if they're left to grow, they can grow and become giants. Giant trees with roots all over the place. And branches all over the place. And then, man, you need a deliverance. Then you need, then you need a Holy Ghost chainsaw to come in and just take this thing down, you know. And thank God for Holy Ghost chainsaws. I mean, we had some trees falling this past weekend. Didn't you see them up here in the front? Just People just falling out under the power of God. What was that Holy Ghost chainsaw? See, people just thought it was, it was our hand. You see, there's these blades that were... Let me lay my hands on you. Thank God for deliverance. You know know what I'm saying? Thank God for the Holy Ghost, power of God to blast things that have been built up and have been causing all kinds of troubles. But wouldn't it be better to have never allowed the thing to have grown, to have squashed it while it was still in seed form? Better yet, get it while it's in thought form. Get it before it even becomes a word. Before it's even planted. See, we got to get quick. See, we're aggressors. We're on this thing. We're on it. We're on it. We're not just sitting back waiting for the next thing to happen with our bumper sticker that says stuff happens. (laughs) Whatever happens, happens. That's not who we are. We determine what happens in our world. We determine what happens in our life. We determine what happens. We're not just little victims of whatever happens, happens. Right? We're the aggressors. We're we're the aggressors. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Man, there's some thoughts that need to be arrested. They need to be arrested. And sometimes you got to tell yourself, now flesh, you've got the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you. 
by the word of God. I will arrest you. I will lock you up. And the more you say, the longer time you're going to spend in prison. So it would be a good idea just to shh. But that's so tough sometimes, isn't it? To just shh. Sometimes we just have to share. We have to share our feelings. We have to share our thoughts. Right? Sometimes it's just like a burning fire. We're talking about thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Sometimes they're like a burning fire that you just have to express. You just have to share those feelings, those thoughts, those words that create strife and division and do no good but only cause harm. You know, a wise man thinks before he talks. Sometimes you've got to stop and think. Now, if I say this to them, even though it might be true, where is it going to take me? I mean, can you, can you stop? Before you say that to them, do you picture them turning to you saying, thank you so much for sharing that with me. I repent in the name of Jesus. You say, no, I have a tough time envisioning that. Well, then shut up. <laughs> then don't talk. Because that's probably not what you're going to get then. Right? So, you know, again, Proverbs warns us of these things and tells us that uh, a wise man conceals a matter, but a fool vents all his feelings. So, you know, a wise man, a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. A wise man holds them back. Sometimes you just got to, you got to just say, hold on now. Whoa, whoa, feelings. Whoa, thoughts. Ha, ha, ha. Change the subject. Go a different direction. But that can be so hard when your flesh is on fire. When your soul is burning with all kinds of negative feelings and thoughts and opinions. And you just feel like you have to, you have to vent it. Because you're on fire with it. Well, see, the key is to keep yourself on fire for God. Keep yourself on fire with the Holy Spirit. We hear a lot about the fire of the Holy Spirit. Thank God there's a baptism of Holy Spirit fire. John actually said, I baptize with water, but there's one coming after me whose sandals strapped. I'm not worthy to untie. It is he who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Thank God for the fire of the Holy Spirit. See, he's given us that fire <clears throat> so that we'd be burning for him. <clears throat> burning with his word. You know, like Jeremiah. His word was in me like fire shut up in my bones. His word, his word. Not my opinions. Not my feelings. Not my hurts. Not my wounds. That's not what's burning in me. The word's burning in me. The presence of God is burning. The anointing of God is burning in my life. You can't have two fires burning. You'll either be hot with heaven or you'll be hot with hell. You'll be on fire for yourself, for the flesh, for the world. You'll be on fire for God. Come on. You and I need to be burning, burning up, burning up for his love. Burning up with his love. Burning up with his love. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the love of God. Just burning up with God's compassion. 
Burn it up with God's thoughts. Burn it up. Burn up with, with God's desires. Holy desires. Man, we should have such a burning holy desire to be holy, to walk in righteousness. Like 1 Peter 2.24 says, where it says, uh, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Live for it. Live for righteousness. Live for it. We're on fire for righteousness, man. He says those who hunger and thirst. How many know fires are thirsty? Fires are thirsty, man. You just, you just, you just throw a twig in a fire. Just consumes it right up, right? Just eats it right up. It's hungry, man. You throw a piece of wood in there, just, just burns it as fast as it can. You get a really good fire cooking, man. Uh, you know, out there, a little campfire or something like that. We got a little fire pit in our backyard, you know, and sometimes we'll light that thing up. And it's amazing how fast those logs will burn. If you get it really hot, it'll just consume those logs because it's, it's, it's hungry. It's hungry. The hotter it is, the hungrier it is. I said, the hotter it is, the hungrier it is. And the more it gets fed, the hotter it gets. And the hungrier it gets. <laughs> and that's Christians. Well, that's how it's supposed to be. Hungry. Just, just hot for God. Hot for the word of God. Hungry for the truth. Hungry for God's life, his righteousness being lived through our life. Seeing him in manifestation in our life. God's glory is likened to a consuming fire. And we want that glory of God all over our life. That's, that's what Christianity is. This, this is when God talks about being hot. That's what he's talking about. And yet so many are either lukewarm or, or just flat out cold. Just cold, just completely cooled off. You know? That's not where we're supposed to be. We're not to be cold and we're not to be lukewarm. Man, we're to be, we're to be just a burning fire, just like him, because our God is a consuming fire and we're his offspring. So we should look like him. We should look just like our father, who's a consuming fire. We should be a bunch of little fires walking around. Just burning up, burning up. And if we're on fire for him, then we're not going to be on fire for the flesh, for fleshly things. Does that make sense? You can't be on fire for both. Why do people get so burned up about negative things? Because they're not burning up, burning up for him. They're not burning up for righteousness. That's why. That's why. You know, it, it's, it's not a matter of, of trying to stop the flesh. It's just a matter of, of feeding the spirit, fueling the spirit, stirring up, stoking the spirit, the fire of the spirit. Stoke that fire, stoke that thing, poke that thing, fan that thing, keep that thing going, and you won't hear much from the flesh. Yeah, that's right. You won't hear much from the flesh. That's what he meant over here in Galatians. When he, when he said, you know, this is how you basically you deal with the flesh. He said, walk in the spirit, verse 16, chapter 5, Galatians 5, 16. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. That's it. 
He didn't say, he didn't say try not to fulfill the lust of the flesh. He didn't say, he say, well, now, you know, we're just all flesh, and this is what we're just going to do in life. That's just how it is, and God understands, and thank God there's, there's grace, there's forgiveness. And people confuse grace with forgiveness. Well, that's not what it is. We're not, we're not sitting here just victims of the flesh. He said, walk in the Spirit, fan the Spirit, throw wood on the Spirit, feed the thing, stir it up, stir up the Spirit, praise God, be on fire with spiritual things, with heavenly things, with godly things, with Holy Spirit things, be on fire with Him, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Isn't that what He said? That's what He said. You won't do it. You just won't do it. Why? Because to fulfill the lust in the flesh, you've got to be burning up with lust. You've got to be burning up for fleshly things. You've got to be hungry and thirsty for, for fleshly things to fulfill the lust of the flesh. So instead of burning in lust for the flesh, let's burn in our love for God. Boy, I wish I could get a hotter amen than that. I mean, dear Lord, we're talking about fire. I get some kind of response in here other than a little gentle cool breeze. Amen. Come on, somebody. Stir it up. Stir it up. One of the ways you stir it up is with your mouth. You got to get fired up for God. And if you do, you won't be inflamed by the flesh. See, people get their, their flesh gets all inflamed simply because they're neglecting the spirit. Isn't that beautiful? See, under the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, it was different. See, they didn't have the Holy Spirit fire of God. They didn't have the new birth. They didn't have these things. They weren't spiritually alive. So, you know, they, had to, they just had to keep trying to control the flesh, control the flesh. And that was very difficult to do. In fact, it was impossible to completely control it. But that kind of mentality doesn't carry over under the New Covenant. As New Testament believers, man, we don't have that kind of mentality. We're, we're just trying to, you know, limit what the, the damage of the flesh. Just limit the flesh's damage, you know. We can never actually really get control of it. No, see, that's an Old Testament mentality. That's how it was under the Old Covenant. See, they were limited back then. But now under the New Covenant, see, we got so much more than that. See, we're alive spiritually. And then we got the helper. We got the fire of God himself, the Holy Spirit on our life. Oh, man, it's a completely different game, completely different deal. We shouldn't be thinking like they thought. We, we, we need to recognize, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm, 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 I can live above the flesh. I'm not going to burn for the flesh. I'm not going to have my flesh inflamed. I'm going to fill myself up with God. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you're fervent in spirit, fervent in spirit, you won't be foolish and in the flesh. And I don't want to live a foolish life, do you? I don't want to live a life in the flesh. No. no. Why are you living your life in the flesh? Because you're neglecting the spirit. That's your problem. I got the answer to all your problems tonight, people. Come on. I mean, people pay big bucks to psychiatrists for this. What's my problem, you know? And he tells them a few things that don't, aren't even true. He says, well, it goes all the way back to your great-great-grandmother. <laughs> you know, we, we get in there and we say, and then that'll be $2,000. For this month's meetings. I mean, dear Lord. I'm giving you the answers right here. To all your problems. How many people like the answers to all their problems? Feed the Spirit. Do not 
neglect your spirit. Fan it into a flame. That's what he said in 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. I'm going to read this from the Amplified Bible. It says, that is why I would remind you to stir up. I just picture this is the Lord talking to you. Stir up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God. The inner fire that is in you by means of, watch this, the laying on of my hands. Boy, doesn't that fit right now? We just had, we just had two services where they were laying on our hands. And Paul's talking about it right here. He's saying there's a fire. There's something of God. There's a gift of God that was imparted to you when I laid. Now, this is, he's talking to Timothy here, but of course it's God talking to us as well. But he's talking to Timothy. Timothy already had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, he's already functioning in the ministry. But yet Paul's telling him uh, that when he was with him and he laid his hands on him, there was a, a gift of fire and power. There was fire power that was imparted into him. And Paul's like, that is in you, Timothy. I know it's in you. I laid my hands on you and I know this fire power went into you. I know it's in you. Now you need to do something about it. Don't just sit there and act like you didn't get anything. Don't just act like the same old, same old. This life goes on as usual. Don't matter. There's something you got to do about it. There's something you got to do with it. And he says right here what, what he needs to do. He needs to stir it up. He needs to rekindle it. He needs to fan the flame. Fan the flame. And keep it burning. Keep it going. Keep it going. The gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you. I'm telling you, the inner fire, if you'll feed the thing, fan the thing, it will overwhelm any kind of outward fleshly fire that would try to get you burning for the wrong thing. It will. It will. God's fire will consume it. Through the laying on of my hands with those of the elders... At your ordination. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity. By the way, ordination is not in the original. That's added through the Amplified Bible. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. Thank God this is what God's given up. This is what you got. Why don't you just say it with me? Say, uh, I have a spirit of power and of love and of a calm, well-balanced mind. See, we're calm because the flesh doesn't inflame us. We don't get all worked up over stupid things. People get worked up over the stupidest things. People ruin their lives over the stupidest things. Have you ever noticed that? Stop leaving the toothpaste cover off the toothpaste. It's driving me crazy. 
Well, you always put the toilet paper on backwards. <laughs> I can't stand it anymore. Really? Really? Gee whiz. Somebody say calm. Well-balanced mind. Yeah. Praise God, you don't fall off balance. And discipline. Say, I got discipline. And self-control. Yeah, that's, that's who you are. That's, that's who you are. That's who we are. Praise God. This is what he's given us. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? I got news for you. Now, this, this goes right along with being preemptive. If you're not stirring it up throughout the day, if you're not stirring it up and you keep that thing burning and keep that gift going and keep it flowing, and, and you know how to do it. You do it through your words, right? Keeping the word on your mind, keeping God before you. You know, thanking God for what he's done, what he's given you. Acknowledge it. Talk about it. Share it with folks. See, stir it up, stir it up. But if, but if you don't do that, then all of a sudden a, a something comes, something happens. The enemy comes. The enemy comes with his weapons. The enemy comes with his assault against your life. And guess what? You fall right into it. You fall right into it. You start being mouthy. You react in the flesh. Your weapons are carnal. Your weapons are fleshy. You're attacking with the flesh. It's flesh for flesh. Right? They come at you with the flesh. You come at them with the flesh. And now you're having this, this flesh war, this flesh fight going on. You're, you're fighting. You're struggling. You got all this stuff going on. Maybe lust is warring in your soul like Peter talks about. Got all this stuff going on in your mind. All this trouble is stirred up. And man, it's just, ooh, I can't believe that got me so upset. Why did that get me so upset? I'll tell you exactly why. Because you weren't ready for it. It came and you weren't ready for it. I'm telling you, if we're just burning up, burning up with him, the enemy can take a fiery dart. Has anybody ever said anything to you? And it's like, they didn't look ugly or mean. Um, they didn't say it, you know, like loud or vicious. But they said something condescending. They, said, they just said something to undermine you, perhaps, whatever it might be. And it just burned in you. Maybe it was just an attitude. It was like they just kind of looked at you wrong, and you're like, <laughs> anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's just burning because it's not just flesh and blood you're dealing with. It's a fiery dart. And that person just, the way that person was, was just the, uh, it was just the vessel that the enemy used to rest his um, crossbow, to rest his crossbow on. With this flaming, fiery dart. He just sat that on their shoulder and they just went. That's all they did. And it's like, give me an attitude? You looking at me? <laughs> right? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it's just burning, man. Ah! But you see, if you're already on fire with love, you don't even feel it because you've been burning up with God already. You're already on fire. But you see, if you're this little cooled off thing, you feel every fiery dart. You feel every little flame, every little spark of the enemy. You feel it. And you're touchy-feely. We call that being touchy-feely. 
We do touchy-feely. We don't want to walk around touchy-feely. Do we? No, 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 no. Be on fire for God. You won't even feel it. Bless your heart. Can, can I help you? With something? You look like you're having a rough day. Somebody cuts you off on the road. Lord, I claim that heathen as my inheritance. In the name of Jesus. I know they're a heathen because they cut me off. Only a heathen would do that. I claim them for the kingdom of God right now in the name of Jesus. You devil, take your hands off my inheritance. That's good, right? Take charge of the situation rather than just foaming at the mouth like a devil because you got his dart stuck in you. And there's so many people who walk around, they're walking around with wounds from years ago. Just walk around with wounds from years ago. All you have to do is just touch them in the wound a little bit. They'll snarl at you. It's like, dear Lord, we should be healed. Healing should be like instant. And I'm talking about the soul. Of course, God has provided physical healing too. But how much more in your soul? I mean, I mean, we're healed. We have forgiven. We've let go. We're past that. That is done and buried. I am moving on to greater and bigger things in God. Come on. The past is forgetting those things which are behind. I'm reaching forward to that which is ahead. It's just too much greatness ahead, man. My mind and my eyes are on such great things. I don't have time to be sitting there studying the rearview mirror, being impressed with that mess. People are impressed with the mess because they're not impressed with what's to come. They're not lifting up that vision in front of them of what God's doing, what he has for them. Come on, somebody. We've only just begun. We, I just know we've only scratched the surface. So I'm very excited about what is to come. I'm excited about the days ahead in God, in God. Now, in the world, there's tribulation, there's trouble. But in God, it's good. It's really good. Hallelujah. And so we just want to be these people. We're on fire before the enemy ever tries to fire anything at us. And then when it's fired at us, it's just consumed. Keep yourself on fire with the Holy Spirit. How do you do it? Stir it up. There's things you got to do. Fan it into a flame. Keep it going. Keep yourself fervent, full of that fervent spirit of faith. Turn to somebody and say, you have a fervent spirit of faith. That's right. We need to be fervent. We need to be fervent. Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, verse 10. It says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Rejoicing in what's to come. Patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Notice that again, verse 11. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit. That word fervent there means to boil with heat. To boil with heat, be hot. Boil with heat, be hot. God wants you hot. Now, we had prayer here last night, Tuesday night prayer. And it's just amazing how I'm flowing into this because uh, Tuesday night prayer, that came up. You know, just about being burning hot, just being on fire. 
you know, burning with the Holy Spirit. And it really kind of, it really, um, I don't know, just got stirred up in me. Got, just got stirred up in me. You know, just here, I was like, because I knew God was just really wanting us to just increase the heat. You know, you can have fire, but there's different degrees of heat that a fire can give off. And there's these, uh, you know, what's called BTUs. You know, if, and I learned this when I went to go buy a gas stove. And, and you look, it says, you know, it tells you the BTUs. And the BTUs tell you, you know, how much heat that fire, that flame on your gas stove is going to give off. I didn't realize that. I thought, you know, fire is fire, right? I mean, fire is hot. Fire is fire. So you turn the fire on, put water on it to boil it, it's, I mean, it's fire. But then I see, I learn, no, 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 no. There's different levels or different degrees of heat when it comes to fire. And that's these BTUs. British thermal units. Well, believers thermal units. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and you can see it here. You know, we've got these commercial gas stoves in the kitchen here. And, you know, we, ours is obviously at home is residential. And so, you know, you turn the flame up. Get that nice fire going. It takes quite a while for the water to boil. And you go here, put a pot of oil on there, you know, I mean, it just, it just boils just super fast, super fast. And you look and say, you know, a flame is a flame. Uh-uh, some flames are hotter than others. God wants us to be hotter than we currently are. And that's what I got out of last night's prayer. He wants us burning, burning hot. There's, there's a greater degree of heat he wants us to walk in. In fact, someone said that uh, they, they did a little research on that since last night. And they said that um, it can go from, the temperatures of the heat can go from, what was it, 600 degrees to 3,000. That's how, that's how much it could vary, from 600 to 3,000 degrees. So, you know, you might be on fire, you might have heat, but man, how people know, there's some pretty nasty stuff coming in these last days. And God needs our hot to be hotter. I said he, he needs our hot to be hotter to overcome the heat of tribulation and pressure that's coming in these last days. The heat of temptation, the, the, the fire of, of evil that's coming uh, against humanity. It's being stirred up among humans in these last days. But you and I are to be so much hotter, so much hotter than any kind of fiery dart, any kind of fiery influence the enemy would try to bring our way. So he says, not lagging, not lagging in diligent, primarily diligence in spiritual things. Natural things obviously are very important. But number one, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things will be added unto you. And some folks, like I said this last time, a lot of folks can be very diligent with their businesses, with natural things, while totally neglectful of spiritual things. Totally neglectful. And they're very diligent people. I mean, they've got meetings, we've got meetings, we've got this, they've got it organized, they're efficient, they've got it going on. But then when it comes to spiritual things, it's like, they can hardly even sit in church and listen to a message without being distracted. So that, we don't want that to be us. I said, we don't want that to be us. No, 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 no. Man, we're diligent, number one, with the things of God. Because that's the primary number one thing. 
Because when everything else fails, and how many people know, we just witnessed something last year that none of us expected to happen. I never even thought something like that could, could happen, that, that humans can just, just fall into compliance so easily to so many regulations and things that just shut down businesses, just shut down our economy, just, just shut down churches, just shut down people's lives. And there's all your diligence and natural things, man. If that didn't just teach you that it could all be worthless and you could lose it all in an instant, I don't know what kind of lesson we need to have teach us these things. We should have learned it. No, no, no. What's going to get us through these times? What's going to get us through these times? It's not just being diligent with fleshy things. It's being diligent with spiritual things. Fervent in spirit. Fervent in spirit, man. Don't take my time away. Business, job, family, nothing's going to take my time away from him. Jesus said, if you love father, mother, brother, sister, or anybody more than me, you're not worthy of me. Because he's worth way more than that. Nothing should come above him. Nothing should be greater than him in our hearts, in our minds, right? We are burning up for God. Amen. Burn it up with him. On fire for him. And that's what, we're, that's what we're going after. That's what we're diligent with more than anything else. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. It says, And above all these things have fervent love for one another. Have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. There it is. It'll cover a multitude of sins. It just it just cause a multitude of sins, not even in, not even to be able to come to the surface. It won't even come to the surface in your own life, and then it'll cover it, of course, in other people's lives. But it won't even come to the surface in your own life. You know what I'm talking about? Seeds of doubt, seeds of whatever temptation, whatever they'll be snuffed out because of your fervency, your fervent love. And again, that love's in us. We just got to stir it up. Recognize that we have this love. This word fervent is a different word than the previous one in Romans. And it means pertaining to being eager to persevere. Eager. Intensity. And or perseverance. We need to be intense. There needs to be a, a serious spiritual intensity about us. About our faith about what we believe, about our relationship with God. An intensity, a perseverance, without ceasing, continuously, constantly, constant. Not, just not, just not letting up. We're just, we're just constant. We're just intense about what we believe. James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That word fervent here means to be engaged in some activity or function with possible focus upon the energy or force involved to function, to work, to be at work, practice practice. 
So we're to be fervent in prayer. First Peter chapter 1, verse 22 says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Man, we need to be intense in our love for each other. Intense with our love for each other. You know, God wants to use us to, to save people, deliver people, heal people. But if we don't care much about people, then how well can he use us? I think, you know, some people just want that power and want that gift and want that calling to ministry. Kind of like for their own glory. Kind of like it's a cool thing. Makes them feel special. It's really not about helping people. But we're to be passionate about helping people. Intensely fervent in our love for other people. It's called compassion. Passion. Compassion. Compassion. Care for other people is passionate. It's passionate. And the more passionate we are, the more that power of God can work through our life and accomplish its purpose. Because we, we care about the people. God doesn't want us to just do something because we're supposed to do it or it needs to be done. You know, no, we want to help people. We want to help people. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, it says, And whatever you do, let me say whatever. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to man. No, it's bring the Lord in it. I mean, yeah, go to work, make your bed. Be organized, do those things, be diligent in natural things, but do it as unto the Lord. Not unto a paycheck, not unto any other thing. Not, I, I'm working for my family. No, 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 no. You're working for the Lord. You're doing it as unto him. You're doing it for him. So do it what? Heartily. Do it with your whole heart, man. Again, he's talking there about being fervent, being passionate, being intense, putting your whole heart into it. How are we supposed to love the Lord our God? With all our, with all our heart. With all our soul, with all our mind, with all our... All of it. All of it, man. All of it. And if you stop and think about it, if you love God with all of it, there's nothing left for anybody else. But that's okay. Because if you're loving him with all of it, then his love will overflow out of you into others. And so it becomes his love reaching out and touching other people. Because you're loving him with all your heart. And of course, his love is a fervent heart, a fervent love. His love is a burning, it's a burning love. It's a burning love. It's a passionate love. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Now, something we need to understand too about being fervent and being passionate. Being passionate can be, can be loud. And uh, we, we need to know how to be loud. We, know how, we need to know how to shout. I mean, it would have been something, you know, when the children of Israel were walking about around the city of Jericho. And, and, and then the Lord says, now, go ahead and shout. And some of them shout, and the others say, that's just not my personality. 
It's not my personality to shout, Joshua. You can't make me do that. God expected everyone to lift a hallelujah. Right? He expected everyone to lift their voice and shout. So we need to know how to get loud. We need to know how to shout. We need to know how to cry out. We need to know how to pray fervently, lifting our voice to God. Can you say amen? Amen. But again, going back to praying fervently in James 5.16, that definition there, fervent, to be engaged in some activity or function with possible focus upon energy or force involved, to function, to work, to be at work, to practice. In other words, if you're fervent in prayer, that means you make a practice of it. That's the emphasis there. That that fervency is not so much you're praying loud. That fervency isn't necessarily in, you, just, you know, you're just being intense. It could just be consistency. You just make a practice of it. You just, this is what you do. I mean, you don't go without praying. You just pray. Of course, you have your time with the Lord. You know, some people in the morning, some people at night. You know, you have your, you have your time where you just get alone with God. We all need that time. We need, we need that intimate time with the Lord where, you know, we're not distracted. Just get alone with God. That's what we need. A lot of distractions in this world. You need to make sure, no, 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 you have time with him. And nothing, nothing gets in the way of that. We're not going to let things violate that. That's, that's being fervent. Hey, I'm going to prayer. Don't mess with me. You can do it very quietly. Hey, don't mess with me. I'm going to pray. Okay. Thank you. And that's fervent. And you're just in there praying very, very softly. It can be very calm. You get what I'm saying? It's, it's, not, it's not all about being, you know, it's not all about your volume. It's not about, when we're talking about passion and fervency, it's not all volume. It just could just be consistency, making a practice of it. And you just do it, you just do it on a regular basis. So fervency, passion, intensity can translate as faithfulness. Just faithfulness, just a steady determination. You're fervent, you're determined, you won't be deterred. You just stay the course. This is what you do. You're faithful. You're faithful. You're faithful. You're fervent. So we have to understand that. So if you're a fervent, if you're a faithful person, then you're fervent in spirit. You're fervent in spirit. How people know a bulldog doesn't have to have a, a loud bark to have a powerful bite. Right? A bulldog can just latch on to something and not let go. Not let go. You know, we got this little puppy. And this little puppy gets into it. For some reason, this puppy has a tough time eating dry food. Kibble, you know, the food you give. But loves toilet paper, loves tissues. <laughs> just loves tissues. And the, the little puppy has learned now to go into the bathroom and jump up and hit the toilet paper on the roller grab it with his mouth and run around the house and toilet paper our entire house. <laughs> he just takes off running. You chase him. It's just, no, you better off not chase it. You chase it. He just wraps everything up with toilet paper. You know? And then it rips, you know, and he just starts chewing it up. Just, oh, oh, oh. And then you go, get that 
out of your mouth. What are you doing? You, you, and you try, to, you try to pry its fangs, you know, open. And it's like, <laughs> this is a puppy. This is a little, a little three-month puppy. <laughs> over a tissue paper. Can you imagine that? We are out fervent. By a little puppy who loves toilet paper. I mean, that's sad. That should never be the case. We should latch in on the things of God, the promises of God, and we don't let go. I don't care what the devil's saying. I don't care what symptoms are saying. I don't care what anybody's saying. I ain't letting go of this. This is what God said. Ain't nobody going to take it from me. That's, that's how we need to be. We need to have at least as much sense as a puppy. But you don't have to have a, a loud bark to be fervent. You could just have a powerful bite. Very quiet. That's being fervent. That's being fervent. See, it's not about personality. So it's not, about, it's not about people's personality. People confuse things with, their, with personality. It's not about personality. Fervency will ex be expressed through people's personalities differently, depending on the person's personality. So we don't want to confuse that. We want to fully understand what we're talking about here. We're talking about fervency. We're talking about passion. Your passion for God, your passion for anything, is evidenced by your pursuit of God, or whatever it is. It's evidence in your pursuit. You want to see a person's passion, let's see what they're after. What's a, what are they going after? Consistently. What are they pursuing? What are they in hot pursuit of? People get hot in pursuit of something, and a lot of times it's not, it's not something that God wants for them. It's not, it's not what God wants. It's not the right thing for them. But man, they'll destroy their whole life to get it. And they might do it very calmly, very nicely. Very sweetly. Well, they'll just pursue it and pursue it and pursue it till they get it. That's a fervent spirit. That's a fervent person. We need to be that way concerning God. We need to be in hot pursuit of Him. So you can, you can check your level of passion for God and spiritual things by your pursuit. How's your daily pursuit? What does that look like? If you're easily distracted from what you're pursuing, then you're not very passionate about it. If something, if you're going after it and you're easily distracted from it, then how passionate really are you for it? If something could just take you right off course and just pull you in a different direction. So we got to check up on ourselves. And again, remember this. Just because you were passionate on fire and burning hot for something. That doesn't mean you are right now. You gotta, you gotta stir it up, right? You gotta, you gotta feed the thing. Don't just assume that you're, you know. Oh yeah, I'm hot for God, man. Because you were hot for God. How's your pursuit? How distracted are you from these things? See, if we're getting real distracted from it, then we gotta get it fixed. We gotta realize I'm cooling off. I'm cooling off. I'm losing my fervency. I'm losing my passion. I'm losing that fire. 
I'm losing my head. That's a dangerous place to be because then I'm going to start feeling everything the devil starts throwing at me. I'm going to start feeling his, you know, his temperature changes. I'm going to start feeling his fiery darts. See? And we're going to start having problems again. And I'm going to start getting off course. And, and, and instead of being preemptive now, I'm going to be having to try to bail myself out of things and try to overcome things that are overwhelming. See, we've got to catch ourselves. We can't allow ourselves to cool off. Never allow yourself to cool off. Recognize it. Recognize it. This is life and death stuff right here. Can you say amen? amen. So to increase your passion is to increase your faithfulness and your pursuit of God, of him, because that's the, that's the primary one that we're passionate for, passionate after. Can you say amen? Jesus said this. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart or your passion will be also. That's what he said. So you, can, you could look at your level of fervency and passion for the things of God by looking at your money, looking at your time, looking at what you're doing with these things. What are you doing? What are you doing with these things? Where, what are you, where, 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 where are you spending your money? Gladly. Gladly. You know, got to watch. People, people will come, bring an offering to the Lord, you know, and they'll bring their, they'll bring their $5, $10, you know. That's, that's, whew, give that to the Lord. You know, that took a lot. And they'll go out and they'll spend $20 at McDonald's on a few Happy Meals. I'm just saying. Is our belly more important than our God, than our faith in Him? Boy, it got quiet in here. You can almost cut that. That's amazing. So we got to watch, you know, Jesus said, your heart is where your treasure is. What are you doing with your treasures? Uh, this, is, this is where our, our passion is. This is where our fervency is. So how can, we, how can we stoke the fire? How can we stoke the fire? Man, practice giving. Be faithful in giving. Give to the Lord. Give to the Lord. Give, be a giver. Give, give to other people. Be a generous person. I can't get any amens on that. No, this is a generous church. So that shouldn't be a problem. That shouldn't be a problem for any of us. We love giving. We love giving because we have fervent love for God. We have fervent love for people. We, we, that's who we are. So we're givers. We're not afraid to give. We're not intimidated by giving. That's what we want to do. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. That's what we're all about. Can you say Amen. So we're talking about stirring up. How can we stir it up? Well, get rid of the distractions. If you're being distracted, then you know, man, you're cooling off. Cut out the distractions. If you're being business, you want to fan the flame, cut off the distractions. Be a generous person. Go out of your way. Be a giver. Take care of people. Uh, care about, pray for people. Reach out, want to help people. Want to share the gospel with people, right? Intense love. Fervent love for other people. Wants to share the gospel with people. Personality, like I said, does not determine passion. Personalities can express fervency differently. Some shoot up high flames. Others burn down deep. And so just because the person might not, one person might be jumping up and shooting up high flames, and it's very expressive. Somebody else might, might not have such expression, but it's just burning, man. It's just burning. It's just going down deep, 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 deep. The fire of God. Do you see that? 
Do we understand it better? Understand fervency, being on fire for God, and how it is our spiritual warfare. It's how we overcome. It's how the devil and the flesh will not be able to dominate our lives. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Come on, stand up and give them a shout if you believe it's true. Come on. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.